are now listening to a very special message from Joy Community Church. Starting an, a new Christmas series, not that we've had one thus far this year, <laughs> but we are going to start one, and it's called The Sounds of Christmas. And this morning I want to talk to you about breaking the silence. Breaking the silence. saying a word. I'm talking complete silence. God was for over 400 years. The muteness from the creator of the universe. The one who said that earth is but a footstool to him was about to break his silence. begins the ritual 
becomes radiant, and the faithful become fathers. When God speaks, the heavens rise and the earth bows. Hope grows where hurt was rooted. Time becomes eternity. And he leads us to holy ground that was once hollow. Yes, my friends, God is just getting started. In the time of King Herod of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife, Elizabeth, was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were upright in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commandments and regulations blamelessly. But they had no children because Elizabeth was barren and they were both well along in years. Once when Zechariah's division was on duty and he was serving as a priest before God, he was chosen by lot according to the custom of the priesthood, to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time for the burning of incense came, all the assembled worshipers were praying outside. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you are to give him the name John. He will be a joy and delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermentant drink. And he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from birth. Many of the people of Israel, will be, uh, will, he will bring back to the Lord their God. And he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and the power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Zechariah asked the angel, how can I be sure of this? I am an old man and my wife is well along in years. The angel answered, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God and I have been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their proper time. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah and wondering why he stayed so long in the temple. And when he came out, he could not speak to them. They realized that he had seen a vision in the temple, for he kept making signs to them, but remained unable to speak. When his time of service was completed, he returned home. And after this, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant, and for five months remained in seclusion. The Lord had done this for me, she said. In these days, he has shown his favor and taken away my disgrace among the people. Luke chapter 1, verses 5 to 25. 
God breaks the silence. I believe God intends to break the silence. Are we okay here? Houston, do you hear me? I believe that God intends to break the silence that hinders our ability to encounter him this Christmas season. And I want to talk to you about three essential ways to break the silence that hinders your ability to encounter a living, almighty God who desires to visit you personally. When I look at verses 5 to 13, I see that faithful prayer will break that silence. Faithful prayer. You're like, well, what a great revelation, Pastor James. Think we all know that. No, we don't. And no, they didn't. And that's why it's so important. Though Zachariah and Elizabeth lived in a godless society, I think we live in one as well. They were faithful to obey the word of God and to live blamelessly. That's a tough thing to do in this generation and in our society today. But I believe there's great hope for each of us, even though Elizabeth was barren and they were both well along in years, they had not ceased to pray that God would grant them that child. Despite their age, despite their limitations physically, and despite the shame that she faced day after day of not bearing children in her life. Zachariah was chosen to offer incense in the holy place. Now, that wasn't granted to every priest. That was actually granted him because they chose lots. And each high priest only got to, to do that once in their lifetime. You need to understand that. They would stay for two weeks, and they would go in, and on behalf of the whole people, what were the people doing outside? Praying and worshiping. And they were praying and worshiping because when the priest went into the temple and offered that incense, it was one of worship and forgiveness of sins. They were believing, they were hoping that when he came out, there would be a prayer of benediction and that their sins would, be have, would have been forgiven. That's what they were waiting for. You have to understand that. And so here he is in the holy place. He was just, about, he was just doing what he was res, responsible to do. He was just being a high priest. There was no anticipation of anything of grandeur occurring at this moment. When we read it, we see it that way because of our modern interpretation and civilization. That was not their experience. That's our perception. And so here he is at this moment in his life. And what I love about God is notice that God often will speak to us and will often call us, as the angel Gabriel called Zechariah, when we're busy doing our daily tasks. Never forget that. It's in the daily routine of life that God comes to us even in a season called Christmas and has a visit with each of us if we're willing to be available. We notice that uh, 
He's there. He's doing his daily tasks. And I like what Warren Wearsby says. He said, it's difficult to steer a car when the engine's not running. (laughs) And I I, I love um, the opportunity to be about the way and the things of the Lord, whether it's in the Congo, whether it's in Rochester, whether it's in the midst of your family, or wherever he takes you, we're always about with a mindset God could visit at any time. I believe I'm supposed to get you ready for that today. That's what I'm here to do. To start your engine. When we're worshiping and praying, that's when God starts to direct us. And it's easy in the Christmas season to put that on the sideline. And God's saying, please, people, I so desperately need my servants today. I need you to be available. I need you to hear my voice. I need you to be ready, just as Patrick and Janelle shared with us, to do whatever God puts our hands to do. It's an attitude, isn't it, folks? It's what it is. The angel Gabriel breaks the silence when there's no anticipation. We think we have to rev it up. We think we have to be in this particular place spiritually. We learn, even from Zechariah, he was not in the place he should have been spiritually because his response was one of doubt, hesitation, fear, double-mindedness, and disbelief. What a great high priest who's going to take and pray for the sins to be forgiven. That's the guy. I feel better about my job already. (laughs) And so the angel breaks the silence by standing. Now listen, it says he stood at the right side of the altar. You have to understand the significance of that. You see, nobody ever stood at the right side of the altar. They never did any exchanges. They never did any prayers on the right side of the altar because the right side is where God was. It was a place of honor. Isn't that interesting? And so it was a place of honor. So it would be natural that when the angel appeared and Zacharias saw the angel and heard the angel, that he naturally would have responded in fear. Not disbelief, but fear. But not fear necessarily just of trepidation of fear, but fear that at that moment he was about to die. Because Moses was told that no man should see his face unless he died. Do you understand? So this is a significant moment. And often in the Christmas season, because we get caught in the frivolity of all the activity, what happens is... We do see God, but we miss him because we're not looking to the right side. We're looking to the left and we're busy. Our busyness, our lists, our doing is on the left when God's already standing on the right. Is that not good? Are you with me this morning? Come on. At least say amen. Yeah, come on. Amen. And so here he is at the right side of the altar And he's declaring, do not be afraid, Zachariah, your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, 
will bear you a son, and you are to give him the name John. And this really has been a theological discussion for years. What was he actually praying for when he was bringing the incense to the altar? And it is believed that he was actually praying for a few things. One of the things is he was actually praying for the nation of Israel to have salvation. That was a prayer. They were always seeking for the coming of the Messiah. I'm not saying he was anticipating at that moment the coming of the Messiah. I'm saying it was a part of his responsibility to pray that the nation receive the salvation of God. Amen? And so they were praying for the consolation of Israel. Another thing that he was believed to have been praying for was that the sins of the people would actually be forgiven. That was his responsibility. But then this word prayer is extremely a significant word in the Greek. And this word actually, this word prayer in the Greek means it's a habitual prayer meaning it was an ongoing, it was a consistent prayer. And any time you look at the account of Zechariah, it talks about the faithful prayer of Zechariah. If you read commentaries, that's what they label him as, a faithful priest with a doubtful spirit. So we can be faithful, but we can still be doubtful. So here he is in this constant spirit of prayer. And we know that when the angel Gabriel comes, he's using the word prayer to say in this moment of time and the consistency of the prayer you just prayed at the altar of incense, God has sent me to answer and tell you what's just about to happen just was stirred so deeply in my spirit about that thought for us as a congregation. And I had in my heart this burden. I had it as soon as I sat down this morning again. I have it right now, actually. I don't know where you've been at times with the Lord, but can I tell you, I've prayed about some things consistently with great, Burden and pain, waiting, believing. Can I tell you, if the Lord came to me and stood at my right hand, I would be double-minded. And if he told me he was going to answer those prayers in a specific way, I would look at him cross-eyed. And I would probably respond in stupidity. I think in my heart this Christmas, there's this sense of a breakthrough. And we've sensed it, we've prayed for it. But there is going to be a turnaround. I just sense it. It's been long waited for. But it's not for our glory and only our testimony, but it's for the kingdom of God. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. I really believe it. 
And I want to really encourage you this morning as I have been so encouraged in my preparatory time with with the Lord and waiting on the Lord. I believe that, and I have felt for you, some of you are just saying, God, I need to hear. I'm waiting for this. If this doesn't happen, I don't know what to do. And I'm saying to you, stay the course. I'm saying, hold steady. Do what Pastor, what Brian talked about last week, Pastor Brian. Stand firm. Stand firm. Stand up, stand out, stand together, and stand firm. Amen? In your faith. God's doing a great thing, folks. Let's thank the Lord. He's getting ready to answer these prayers. And you may feel redundant, and some of you have been. Some of you have been ridiculously redundant. Good for you. Good for you. And I say to you, go at it, folks, you're champions. Go for it. And he did it quietly. Here he is in this moment on his own in the temple. The angels are singing. Oh, wow, I feel special. (laughs) Come on, Gabriel, right now. (laughs) But I just want to really encourage you in the moment. Stay the course. Remain consistent. The prayers of a righteous person availeth much. I like what Matthew Henry says, prayers of heaven are, uh, excuse me, prayers of faith are filed in heaven and not forgotten. Isn't that great? So simple yet so true. I can imagine the filing system up in heaven. It beats any Google filing system in the, in, in the hemisphere. You know what I mean? Because that one's in the heavenlies. Hallelujah. What have you been constantly praying for? Don't give up hope. And remember, answer prayer unleashes God's miraculous and sovereign plan. I have to encourage you that you're not just a part of a plan. This was not just about a son. This was about a sovereign plan of action for the Messiah, which included this son, the forerunner and prophet of the Lord. When your prayer is answered, don't think that it's just because what you need is what you're getting. It's about what God needs, and your prayer being answered is moving into action the divine purposes and sovereign plan of God. And that causes us to actually pray with greater intentionality. Amen? Amen. It's just so encouraging because God is intending to break through the silence that hinders your ability to encounter him this Christmas. I look at verses 14 to 17 and I see another essential way that The silence can be broken. And that is a joyful message 
from God will break the silence. Boy, am I ready to have a joyful message. Amen. Hopefully you'd consider the one I'm giving this morning a joyful message. (laughs) John would be a distinguished favorite of heaven and a blessing to earth. John would be great in the sight of the Lord. He would be called John, which meant the grace of God. When I first got saved, it was a big thing when you were born again that you found out what your, spirit, your name meant spiritually in the Lord. I never had heard that before. I had heard things my parents called me and I thought that's what my name meant. And they weren't always nice. And then I got born again. And I got a gift from one of my friends. And it said, James, follower after the Lord's heart. And I I, I asked her, I said, what's this about? She said, every name has a specific call and purpose from God. And you will continually seek the heart of God for his people. I was in them and thinking full-time ministry, nothing. I'm like, that sounds cool. And you know, I've been on a journey ever since to seek the heart of God for his people. Follow her after the heart of God. God has given you a name. You see, when he visits, he knows you personally. When he visits, it's not to discipline you, chastise you always. It's not to always correct you and keep you in line and remind you of the many ways you have failed him, though he will discipline you because he's a father. But he comes to speak your name, which means so much to his heart. When he comes to you, it's a joyful message. And it was a joyful message. And he wanted the parents to know that his name was Grace of God. Why? Because he would prepare the way of the Lord and people would walk into the favor and grace of God. It's powerful. When he comes to you this Christmas, you, and he looks at you and he says, young lady, Janelle Carberry. I come to you this Christmas with a specific thing, knowing why I named you the way I named you and what I'm calling you to do. Rise up and go. That's how personal this is. We think he, oh, the angel came, fluttering his wings. Big guy, big dude. He was, by the way. Big guy, big dude. And that he's going to come fluttering his wings and whisper beautiful things. He's going to say, James, get up. I have something to speak to your heart. We get these religious ideas of what it's all going to be like. No. I don't don't even know what it's going to be like for you. But I do know he knows your name. And I know it has value in the kingdom of God. So it's a joyful message. John was to be set apart from everything that was filled with pollution in society. He would live a life that was of self-denial. 
and he would be a joy and a delight to his parents, and many would rejoice at his birth. People can tell you all they want, who you were as a child and what you were like as a child, but when God ordained you to be born, you were a delight. You were a joy. He knew. Now, I don't know the journey you took without him. I'm sure some of that was not joyful or delightful. But that didn't mean you didn't delight him and bring him joy. Amen? And so God uh, wanted to announce that. I love uh, when his parents would rejoice and they would declare that this child was a joy and a delight. In the book, Tasting the Fruit, it encourages us about joy. It says this, joy is like the hidden note in the glass. Joy is tuning into what God is doing around you, seeing the world through his eyes, picking up on his delight in us as his children. Anyone can find happiness for a while. Happiness depends on what is happening to you. Joy is different. Joy goes deeper. Joy is when your whole being sings because you've caught a glimpse of God at work. See that little guy? Isn't that beautiful? I saw that and I said, that's what I was like when I was a kid. I'm telling you. That's what I was like. I don't know what's happened, but that's what I was like. And joy can creep up on you and surprise you in unexpected places. I'm asking you to get ready for your Christmas season. I'm asking you to be mindful that this silence in your mind, the silence of your spirit, the silence in your heart, the silence in your relationships, God wants the redemptive power that broke through that first Christmas season to come into your life and break the silence. And where there is no joy, and where there is sorrow, and where there is weeping, and where there is regret, that joy would fill your heart. And just as Cherie sang, that the joy of the Lord would be our strength this Christmas season. It's a joyful season. It's a joyful message. And you bring joy and delight to the Father's heart. Amen. Amen. John would have the greatest privilege possible because he would introduce the Messiah. Just as we heard from Janelle and Patrick, they introduced the Messiah. They brought the gospel message. That's the purpose of Christmas, is that we bring the joyful message, the good news of glad tidings to a world that needs to hear something redemptive, something filled with deliverance and hope, something that brings answers to these questions and these lifestyles that there seems to be no answers to when there are answers, where there is deliverance, where there is hope, where there is the resurrection power of the Lord Jesus Christ. We bring the everywhere we go it's that type of season and people are open to it John would be filled with the Holy Spirit in a whole different way this is the first time folks this would happen never before had a prophet or a child had the baptism of the Holy Spirit within the womb of its mother I convinced my mother that was my case and she said not 
But this was something miraculous. This was not an incarnate birth, but this was the Holy Spirit at work in a way that the Holy Spirit had never chosen to work before. I'm telling you that God wants to do work that he's never done before this Christmas season. I'm telling you that the Holy Spirit wants to break forth in your family and do things that you did not anticipate, you did not expect, perhaps not even pray for, and he shows up on the scene and says that child's going to be baptized right from the womb there's something in the spirit called the womb in the spirit and things are birthed in that place we've heard teachings on that and there are things that God has right now in the spirit realm that are being birthed and the Holy Spirit's all over it don't be intimidated by that you might want to turn me down I hear see watch people going like this Tom they naturally do that but Especially right now. Boy, do we need the Holy Spirit. You're like, what, Pastor James? This is different. This is the Christmas story. Somebody had to write about it. Are you kidding me? This is truth. This happened. And because it happened... After 400 years of silence, this is, this is abnormal. They were being oppressed. And when things are unnormal, are not normal, and oppression is at its top of the heap, then the Spirit of God moves like a rocket and breaks through the silence. That's about to happen. In a big way. His ministry would be effective as he prepared the people's hearts to what? Go back to the father. Children come back to their fathers. And fathers go back to their children. Why? It was a picture of us coming back to our parents, our parent, our father. That was about to happen. I don't know about you. I could use some of that in my life. Amen. You see, God wants to take his joy and break the silence of your heart. I don't know if it's doubt. I don't know if it's fear. I've heard so many Christmas sermons before. And none of them have happened. Why should I listen to you today, Pastor James? You could, you could walk out with that attitude. You don't know my situation. You don't know what I need. Listen, folks. He waited a long time in constant prayer for an answer that he had not received yet. He was ostracized, and so was his wife. No matter what circumstance you feel you're ostracized for, God can still come through that circumstance. Amen? It's just what he does. It's just who he is. He loves to do it. And he's going to do it this Christmas season for us. So I just encourage you, to allow his joy to break through the silence of your heart, to provide you with faith to share his joyful good news with others. I look at verses 18 to 25, and you know, you, you just, you feel for Zechariah uh, when he says, he asked the angel, how can I be sure of this? Verse 18, I'm an old man. There's this limitation. 
and my wife is well along in years. And the angel said, I am Gabriel. Now listen to this. I want to take you on a little journey out of my notes here, but I love. I stand in the presence of God. Now listen. He's really saying to him, do you think I'm a liar? I'm an angel from God who stands in the presence of God. I tell truth. (laughs) What I'm telling you is what I heard and I hear my father in heaven telling me to tell you. And that's what I'm sent here to do this. You know, so we have our agenda of like, well, what what about this? And what about that? And how about this? And how about that? Oh, my goodness me. And Gabriel's saying, what what, what do you think I am, a liar? I tell the truth. I'm here to tell you something that's going to set you free, your wife free, the nation free, and the world free. That's what truth is supposed to do. And so when I look at this, I see that the mercy of God, verses 18 to 25, the mercy of God breaks through the silence. So here he is questioning God's plan, and yet, will, yet willingly he's, he's going to obey. And the angel said, I'm Gabriel, I stand in the presence of God, and I've been sent to speak to you and tell you this good news. And now you will be yeah, silent. You're not going to be able to speak. And I wonder a lot of the times is why our circumstances are so frustrated is because we didn't believe. I wonder why that maybe what God had put into motion, we stopped and he's still going about getting us ready and he's going to keep us mute mentally, verbally, physically, kind of in hold. Because we're not yet ready in our faith, in our belief, in our hope, that if he should release us to talk it, what we would do is we would disrupt and cause others to disbelieve in what the Messiah was about to do. As I thought of my own life, in the times, in the timetable of some of the prayers that I've prayed, I went, hmm, you held off. I was sharing with a friend, I think it was yesterday. I really believe I'm having this sense that God's holding his cards close to his heart right now regarding the circumstance that I'm praying for because I think I'm going to mess it up. And he knows that he doesn't want me to disrupt what he's putting into motion. Just had that sense. We don't like that place. That's an uncomfortable place. Because as Christians, if we believe it and we have faith, surely God's going to do it. Can I tell you, some of you have waited for things for years upon years upon years. And to you, you're going, yeah, right. I'm saying, yeah, right. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. You know why? Because the mercy of God always breaks through the silence. And how do I know that? Because God... When, when Gabriel announced the joyful message that seemed too good to be true, that was the issue. Zacharias was momentarily blinded by something. And I, and I believe it because I think I've experienced it. And that was, he was blinded to the miraculous power of God he had not yet experienced. And I think that was his issue. 
one of them. And he questions God and his ability to fulfill his own word. I mean, did he think that his physical limitations actually could hinder an almighty God? Yes. Yes, he did. That was the reality of where he was at. And so do we. Do you think your current limitations can hinder almighty God's plan for your life? Probably. And God was not intimidated. (laughs) He was not surprised by his response. And I think he chose to deal with his fear and his doubt in a merciful manner. The best thing to do was make him mute. Why do I know this? Because biblical mercy, the concept of mercy, always involves helping those who are in need or distress. That's mercy. That's a very shallow definition, but it's true. And this guy was in distress. And so often we're in distress. And in us being in distress, we take control. We manipulate. We shut down emotionally, mentally, spiritually, until we understand it. Well, sometimes you, he doesn't wait, want you to wait till you get to understand. He just needs you to move in faith and do. That's what he was asking him to do here. You don't have to understand this. This is supernatural. This is miraculous. This has never happened. The Messiah has never come before. And nor a, a, a prophetic forerunner. That's, that's just not happened before. So get ready. Get ready, Zachariah. This is a new thing. And how about you? Get ready. This is going to be a new thing. Get ready. What's that going to look like? I don't know for you. But Jack Hayford said this. Mercy is God's constant compassion for the helpless and undeserving. To show compassion for someone in serious need. Showers of mercy. Mercy is not merely a passive emotion, but an active desire to remove the cause of distress in others. I love that. So true. And it was a great mercy that God's promises should be fulfilled in their season and not be disrupted by Zachariah's disbelief. And he would remain mute until God's plan was actually fulfilled. And you know that to be true because it wasn't until they asked Elizabeth what name the child was to have. It was at the moment she said, John. And then his mouth was released He wrote it down. Yes, his name shall be John. Soon as he wrote it down, why? Because he activated faith. That's what it was. Activated faith. At the moment, faith replaced disbelief. Boom, the guy can talk again. Wow. God broke through the silence. And sometimes the silence that we're living in is silence we've brought on our own lives. I ask you this morning, have you allowed doubt, fear, double-mindedness, hesitation, disbelief to rob you of the mercy, of the joy, and of the prayer God has called you to function in? This Christmas season, he wants to break through the silence barrier of your soul. Christmas is a wonderful season to reflect upon the mercy of God. How has he extended his mercy to you when you've been in distress, when you've been in need, 
when you've been so frustrated with life, what has he done to extend and keep you safe from yourself? Amen? That's mercy. When he keeps us safe from ourselves. God intends to break through the silence of this Christmas season. And he wants to have an encounter with you. And how do you want God to break the silence in your own personal life this season? Perhaps you've lost hope because there's been unanswered prayer in crucial moments of your life and your future. I challenge you to be ready to encounter God. Look to the right this Christmas season. He may be standing right there. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this wonderful service we've had today. Our time of worship, the testimony from the Carberries, prayer over Ned and Regina, the glory of what you're doing in our lives at this hour. We know that it is your intention to break through the silence of our souls this Christmas season. We ask for forgiveness for our double-mindedness, We ask for forgiveness for doubt and fear and disbelief. But we do thank you for extending mercy to us when we could have botched up the divine and sovereign plan of God. Lord, may this be a redemptive season for us in our personal lives, our families, our relationships, and in our own journey with Jesus Christ our Lord. We praise you and we thank you. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit us at joycc.info.